2 Timothy, the New International Version. Are you ready? I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Amen. Father, move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I don't have notes for you on purpose. Give me the liberty and freedom to flow and and move as the Lord would move me along. Uh, but I would encourage you to take notes because it'll help you. It'll help you. I don't know if uh, our brother Samuel's online tonight, but, but we sure love you if you are. And uh, we're so glad for the healing that God's doing in your life. And uh, we love the Wangers. God bless you guys. We're praying for Samuel who's uh, receiving treatment for bone marrow transplant. Also, for a number of others, the Hyatalas, little, little girl, is, uh, had a procedure today. We haven't heard what's just happened, but we're hopeful that she's going to be completely healed. There's others that are battling diseases and cancer. And how many of you know that God is bigger? I'm telling you that God is bigger than every impossibility. Impossibilities bow the knee in the name of Jesus. Everything's got to bow. Come on. Come on. God can do it. Say, God can do it. Amen. You know, mothers have, of course, played a role in, in every generation because without moms, you know, you don't have babies. Of course, you need dads for that also. Science is trying to change that. Kind of strange. Uh, you start doing a little bit of study on, um, on how they're trying to bring cloning and bring about um, basically a, a human being made by man's hands. It's a scary thing. And there's, uh, there, there's, there's all kinds of talk about, um, you know, the, I mean, if you can make a human being by hand, do they have a conscience? Do they have a spirit? I mean, it's, it's a little scary, getting a little scary out there, and it does remind me of some things in Genesis. But thank God for godly mothers. And as we talked about uh, this morning, when you see in Kings, in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you see how there's a wicked king, but then, the, then the, the children that come along that are then godly, you'll see that mothers are many times mentioned, and that's because mothers play a huge role. There have been tremendous mothers through scripture. You think about Jacobed. How many of you know who Jacobed is? One person knows who Jacobed is. It's the mother of Moses. Moses' mother when, and, when, and, and father, of course, as it mentions in Exodus, when they saw their child, that it was an unusual child, that it was a beautiful child, and the actual language says that the child had something of the cities. There was a beauty of, of the city, and it's not talking about Brooklyn. It's talking about the city of God, talking about glory, something of glory on Moses that they couldn't submit to the plan of genocide from Pharaoh. Beyond all natural love and affection, they were touched in a certain way. And because of the faith of Jacobed, and of course, 
her husband, I forget his name, but they, they took that baby Moses and put him in a, a basket of bulrushes. That was made out of these bulrushes. They send him off an ark, and he's, he's rescued. Jacobed made a difference. Well, for a Jacobed, you wouldn't have a Moses. I think about Hannah. Hannah is my daughter, of course, Hannah back from college. But I'm talking about Hannah from 1 Samuel. And Hannah from 1 Samuel, we named our daughter after Hannah from 1 Samuel, who was provoked by her rival because she couldn't have any kids. And then God granted her the answer to her prayer. And uh, let me just give you a little nugget out of that. The situation you're going through, the circumstances that you're currently in that is causing you to be frustrated... Let it work for you, an, a, a, a fiery endurance to press into the things of God. It could be that the rival, the provoking that you're in, going into, or that you're in right now is a springboard to catapult you into the deeper things of God that you might bring forth the next move of God, Samuel. And Samuel was a prophet that weather cha patterns changed when Samuel showed up. He showed up to Bethlehem and they're like, is everything okay? It's like, everything's okay. They're all, whoo! None of his words fell to the ground. Samuel, quite a prophet. But it all started with Hannah and, of course, the Lord. And to think about Mary, Mary chosen to carry the Messiah. I remember having an argument with my, my Catholic aunt, Aunt Jerry. Irish Catholic, Irish Roman Catholic, Aunt Jerry. She loved the Lord, uh, but she was insistent on this Mary thing. And so as many years ago, it had to be 18 years ago, I'm with her in a car and we're driving and we're talking about the Lord and she goes, oh, and thank, thank God for Mary. I said, now hold on now. Mary's not to be worshipped. She goes, you have to admit that there's something special about Mary. And I thought, yeah, there, there was something special. But I mean, God chose her, right? She found favor. There was, she's still not to be worshipped. You don't count beads and say Hail Marys. No, we worship God, God alone. Jesus is the one to be worshipped, not Mary. Don't be praying to Mary. Or any other idol. All right. So these two mothers here mentioned the text Lois and Eunice. Verse 5, I bring to, I call to remembrance a genuine faith that's in you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I'm persuaded, is also in you. These two women passed down an inheritance of faith. That is the greatest inheritance you can leave your kids. Some would say it's money. You know, thank God for money. You have to have money. I mean, you don't have money, you can't eat. You know, you got to pay your bills. You got to pay your mortgage. It's wonderful to have money. Don't worship it. But the greatest thing that you can leave for your children is an inheritance. Listen, I know a lot of wealthy people that receive money, hence wealthy, True sense of the word wealth has, is, is a picture of having everything in the Lord. That's the truest sense of wealth. But they had a lot of money, but they didn't have the heritage of faith. Come on, I'll take a heritage of faith. Heritage of faith, you get that, then you, money cometh. Listen, if you got faith, money cometh. You can, you can walk in a dimension of receiving power and authority and resources. If you have faith, if you don't have faith, well, that's it's rough. And so you see this heritage of faith that's passed down. Let's look at this text. Uh, the context here is that Paul is aware of his impending death. And he writes to Timothy, who he describes as a dear son. He's more than just an associate. 
Yeah, I just got back from Maui, and um, we were there. We have the, the privilege, as, as Pastor uh, Vince said, they're suffering for Christ in Hawaii. He said in one of the services, I was able to watch those. and Did a wonderful job preaching, Pastor Vince. Yeah, praise God. And, uh, and yep. And uh, Dr. David, who preached on, on the Sunday night, also did an amazing job. And uh, he's a presenter and, and speaks uh, to lots of folks. But what an anointing upon his life, too. God's raising up people here. So anyway, we were in Maui, and I'm, I'm talking about, about real biblical brotherhood. Sisterhood, if I could say it that way. Is that a word, sisterhood? Paul is talking about Timothy in this letter that's not like an associate. It's not like one of his employees. It's not like somebody who's, who's even just somebody that's part of the team. It's his son. Sonship. Daughterhood. Is that the word? In, in the Bible, you'll see the, 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 the kind of intercession. Listen, when my daughter was born, and some of you have heard the story, the enemy tried to kill her. And that kind of intercession that my wife and I did for her was an intercession that can only really be done through a father or a mother and their child who's dying. That kind of intercession, I don't know if you've seen that, it's not cute. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it can be really ugly, really messy. It's everything you got until you get to the other side. And sometimes the other side is your kid goes to heaven and then you have to allow for healing and trust the Lord and all of that too. And we've been there also. That kind of intercession is different. The kind of intercession when your kid is being operated on, the kind of intercession when things are lying in the balance, not just, oh, I'll pray for you. The Apostle Paul here refers to Timothy as a dear son. As a young man, in Acts 14, you can look, as a young man in the city of Lystra is, is most likely saved during his journeys there. Paul, the apostle Paul, Timothy was most likely saved in those meetings in Lystra. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 14. His mother and, and his grandmother came to faith. And, and you can read about him in Acts chapter 16. He wasn't just somebody that was in the church. He was, he was the Apostle Paul's son in the faith. Not a blood son, but a son in the faith. And uh, you can read on the second missionary journey that it was Timothy who worked with Paul as an assistant along with Silas. And as I was in Maui, I got to be with these brothers and sisters that I've served God with for 20 plus years. And I'll tell you, there is no substitute for that. I don't know how you go from church to church and bounce around. I, if you have that kind of a walk. Now, I know there's reasons. And sometimes churches, the enemy, the enemy hates churches. The enemy hates pastors. The enemy hates leadership. He does everything he can to undermine them, destroy them. You know, he, he does. And it's a sad thing when a church is destroyed or when people don't understand the... the, the, the the sanctity of the, the, the church and destroy it through church splits and their own agenda. There's, it's, it's a sad thing when that happens. But many times people don't connect in church to be able to build those vital relationships and become a son. Amen. Right. Or to become a daughter. Can I say it that way? And it's really 
It's really becoming a son or becoming a daughter that, that there's no substitute for that. Amen. It does something in the spirit. It brings a tremendous healing and a tremendous comfort. Pastor Kirsten's the son of the house. Lots of people asking for you, Pastor Kirsten. I said, he's back there. He's back there going for it. And uh, they send their love to you. And the brothers and sisters in Maui, they, and from all over the world, really, they gather. They, they send their love. So Timothy is not an associate. He's, he's a son. Let me ask you, are you a son? Who's your spiritual father? Are you a daughter? Who's, who's your spiritual mother? Hello? Paul's not ashamed here to express his love for Timothy. It says he prays for Timothy day and night, night and day. He longs to see him that he might be filled with joy, it says. Wow. You know, I had a... See, if, you, if you're not saved and you're not filled with the Spirit and you don't know about sonship or brotherhood in Christ, then you would not understand this and think that it's like really weird. Now, I prayed for you, Mike. I prayed for you every single day. And when I saw you, I don't lost my mind, and I'm getting a little emotional about it right now. Going off to war, you could have been killed. You weren't killed. God saved you again, brought you home, brought you back, and you're sitting back here, part of the security team with your lovely wife, loving Jesus. So, so when I saw you, I mean, I was just, my heart exploded. I was just all, whoa, yes, yes. All the way to the last plane. Took forever once you got in the United States. I don't know what the military was doing. You know what I mean? I, I know what you know. I know. Yeah, how many of you know when you were a kid and you had to go to the bathroom? How many of you kids know what I'm talking about? You're driving on a long drive with mom and dad. And the closer you get to the bathroom, the closer you get to... Are we always there? It was like that. You just can't wait. That kind of love for each other is absolutely vital. Some people don't know about that. And really it's because they've been so wounded or so rejected in their own home or circumstances or in churches and that they hold people at, a, at bay. So, you, you know, you just, you can get to know me a little bit, they would say, but not too much because I don't want to be backstabbed again. I mean, what are you going to end up living underneath the kitchen table? You got to get healed and you got to develop loving, godly relationships so that people can see all your, your ugliness and so that you can see theirs and so that you can get healed, so that you can pray for one another that you may be healed. That's in James talking about faults. Confess your sins one to another. That, the, the, the Catholic Church used that and other scriptures to, to, to back their confession. Am I picking on Catholics today? Don't, I, I was a Catholic. I've been delivered. And, and there's a lot of wonderful priests. There is. And, and there's corruption, but there's corruption in the evangelical church too. And, and as long as they're not worshiping some idols, there's a lot of spirit-filled, on-fire Catholics. Amen. And uh, we thank God for a lot of anointed priests who flow in healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. So, you know, you, you don't throw the baby out with the the bathwater, but that scripture in James and in other places they've used for having a priest. You don't need a priest because you are a priest because you're born again and you, you can yourself can come before the Lord and talk to him 
But that scripture in James that says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed, is a picture of having a relationship with another brother or having a relationship with a sister and being able to say, you know what? I've got some issues and my, I got an anger problem. Can you please pray for me? It's not so much that you're confessing your sin so that, they, so that the Lord can forgive you. It's confess your faults one to another. Faults is the better word there. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Did you know that through your relationship with a brother or sister in the house, through your transparency, God can bring healing to you. So Paul's not ashamed of expressing his love for Timothy, and you know what? I'm not ashamed of expressing my love for the brethren either, and, uh, and, and it should be that way. To the pure, all things are pure. To the defiled, all things are defiled. So he prays for him night and day. He longs to see him be filled with joy. And Paul reminds Timothy of his heritage of faith, as we've been talking about. And Paul encourages Timothy to stir up the gift that's within him through the laying on of hands. Now, as I was looking at this and reviewing it before tonight, some would say that it was a gift of evangelism. I heard and read all kinds of uh, commentaries on that. You know what I think it is? The gift that's within him, what gift is that? I think he got filled with the Holy Ghost through Paul laying his hands on him. That's what I think. And I think the Apostle Paul is writing to him and saying, hey man, stir up the gift. Stir up that, that, that power within you. Stir up the, the, that resurrection power on the inside within you. Stir yourself up. Do you know it's a choice to stir yourself up? So how to strengthen the next, this next generation? How to strengthen the next generation? Well, be a person of faith yourself. Be somebody that models that. My daughter wrote a card to uh, her mother. I mean, it was like, really like one of those cards that's just full on all sides. You know that kind? And, um, you know, I tried not to cry. I did pretty good, right? I, and I'm not afraid of crying, but I might cry too much. So I said, mm, that's, that's wonderful. And, and mom was choking it back, too, because we, we didn't want to be too over the top. But, but I mean, it really affected us. Amen. And as she was reading that card, Hannah brought to, brought to remembrance the sacrifice of her mother, Karen, Pastor Karen, and her model of faith. And we're certainly not perfect parents, but... Um, except for the fact that it's all under the blood, so I guess we're perfect now. You know, we did a lot of repenting, and we're not done, I might need to repent again. In fact, I'm sure at some point, I'm gonna have to repent for something. Come on, all the men said, amen. amen. And all the women said, amen. But I'll tell you what we have tried to do. We, have, we, we live a life that's not double-minded. That, that's not, I'm, I'm not a demon at home and loving God in the church. One of the main problems with the pastor's kids and deacon's kids and people that are really faithful in church have had with their children and that how many of you know the pastor's kids are the worst kids in the church? That's, that's actually a stigma that, that might be true in some circles. And the reason that happens, as I've done autopsies, you don't understand what I mean by autopsies, the destruction of the kids, you find out why didn't they serve God? I mean, why, why didn't you love God? Your daddy loves God and your mama loves God and why didn't you love God? 
And the reason they say is, is almost unanimous across the board. Oh yeah, they said they loved God. They looked like they loved God until they were beating the fool out of me and filled with anger and hate at home and how they talked garbage about people. And that's true. That happens across the body of Christ. Uh, that's not me. That's not my staff. That's not our leaders here. Really, we endeavor to live, live for the Lord and we do a lot of repenting, but there's not a double-mindedness and, a, and like a, a, a schizophrenic Christianity where you're on fire, hallelujah, hallelujah, and then you go on, yeah, that's weird. I mean, who would serve a God like that? I don't want anything to do with whoever that is. I, oh, and just go off and the devil's got to be better than that. At least he comes with horns and you know, you know. How to, how to strengthen the next generation. Be somebody that truly, genuinely lives by faith day in, day out, week in, week out. Don't just give him lip service, if I could say that again. Don't be somebody that's, 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 that's half-hearted. Don't do it. Be a person of faith yourself. And faith is a dynamic trust in God. It's trusting in Him when you don't know how to make it. It's trusting in Him when, when the car breaks down, you get a flat tire. It's trusting in Him when there's, there's an argument, which we've had three or four in our house in times past. <laughs> the one thing I can say is that we get over it. We get over it. I was talking to a young person recently. They're talking about marriage and desiring, you know, that in time. And, you know, one of the things I've told my kids and I, I, I told them is that, man, you have to be a special sort of stupid. Sorry. Children. A special sort of. Foolish doesn't cover it, though. Moronic? You have to have a special touch of moronism <laughs> to marry somebody as a believer to love God and to marry somebody that doesn't. That, that, that's a special, special ignorance. And I, 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 told, I told them that you just, listen, 50, 60 years ago, let's say 60, 70 years ago, people didn't get divorced. You just didn't. So even if you were married to somebody who just, it was just brutal and it was difficult, you're not getting divorced because they don't get divorced 70 years ago. You just didn't do that any more than you got an abortion. Now those things happened, but it was rare, very rare. And, and it was verboten, you know, it was like forbidden. You don't, German is sort of sounds better, doesn't it? Verboten. You just didn't do that. But today, that's not the case. There was a sanctity of marriage all those years ago. You just didn't get divorced. You made it through. You worked it out. You're not just going to get divorced. Okay, you hate each other right now, but you're going to try to get through. You are going to get through it because you're stuck with each other till death do you part. Now, it might wasn't always the greatest thing, and maybe divorce would have been better for some folks. But the truth is, that is not the case today. People change wives, change husbands, change jobs, change. They just burn your toast. I fell out of love. What is that? You don't even know what love is. Love, it, love, is, love is not free. 
It's very costly. And love is sacrificial. Now, in the case of these, this Timothy, his mother and his grandmother got saved there in Lystra, as I mentioned. But do you know that it seems that the father was not saved. Now, that happens too. Back to the moronic thing. Make sure you pick somebody that you're equally yoked with. Better to be single. Can I just tell you? It's better to be single than to be yoked with somebody who doesn't love God and to live the, the tormented life of trying to work things out like oil and water, constantly praying. Your old ministry becomes save him. Oh, God, save him. And you're greasing his shoes and oiling his pillow and calling the intercessors for the next 30 years. Right, and if it, listen, if you made that mistake, God's able to give you joy in the midst of your intercession until that stiff-necked man or woman turns towards the Lord. Amen. Faith. Trusting God. We, we need to strengthen the next generation, and we do that by being a person of faith ourselves, by trusting God in our day-to-day faith. And you'll see that it talks about a good conscience. Faith is a, as a conscience. It, it's, it's more than just going to church. Look at 1 Timothy 1.18. Timothy, my son, having given you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling may you fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and have suffered shipwreck with regard to faith. Among them, Hymenaeus, and Alexander. I mean, he actually names these people. Listen, there are some that suffer shipwreck. Don't violate your conscience. It's an aspect. Listen, when you get saved, you get a hyperactive conscience to Christendom. Don't violate it. I violate my conscience for no one. And there's times when I, there's times when I, um, there's times when things happen where I'll feel pressure from those around me or people I'm with to just sort of go to the flow, go with the flow. And I, and I end up, you know, sometimes I start moving that direction. I start feeling like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, watch out. And then my conscience starts bothering me. And I'm like, Lord, and then the Spirit is then telling me, touching my conscience, speaking to me, saying, don't do that. And everybody's going that way. And then I have to be like, I can't go there. I'm not doing that. Oh, and then you can be looked at like, oh, what's wrong with you? I've had somebody call me a prude. Well, you're a hussy. How about that? Listen, being prude, being pure, being innocent is a good thing. It's not something you should make fun of somebody about. How's that? You're a prude. What are you talking about? It's called living holy. Oh, relax a little bit. You're so uptight. Yeah, and you're defiled. Praise the Lord. Don't violate your conscience. Faith is also of, of, of right doctrine. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. If we're going to pass on strength to the next generation as moms, as dads, you better have your doctrine right. And there is some really apostate heresy out there. Grace, the hyper-grace movement's the number one thing right now. 
But that, it, that, that's, these, things are, these things cycle in the body of Christ. It's like the devil doesn't have any new tricks. He just keeps trying to use the same old ones. He'll bring up some other heresy that was 100 years ago and universalism and all kinds of stuff. And it, it's constantly cycling through. But you have to know the word. you got to know the word. Come on, you don't want to pass on some, some heresy to people, Amen. to your children especially. And faith is formed really by the Holy Spirit as he works in you, as you take steps of faith. And faith is expressed also by sacrifice. Now, in Acts chapter 16, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, verse 3. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, that scripture is disturbing. Because Timothy is not a little itty bitty baby. So he didn't go through that covenant right. And, and you can read through Galatians, the, the act of, uh, of circumcision doesn't save you. It's a circumcision of the heart. Now I'm not quite 100% sure why he would have to do that. But here's the point without getting all weird. He was willing to sacrifice whatever it took to get the job done. Whatever it takes to reach the lost, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. My life is the Lord. What do you need me to do? Great. Awesome. Count me in. I mean, wow, that's commitment. Come on, somebody say, whoa. Are you willing to sacrifice? Do your kids see you sacrificing? And really, it's not much of a sacrifice considering what he's done, considering what the Lord has done. I mean, what kind of a sacrifice really is that? As we bellyache and moan and complain. Are you willing to sacrifice? Do your kids see you get up and go to church when you're tired? You know, tonight I had a moment. This afternoon, prior to my nap, so you might understand why I'm about to say what I've done. I was really tired, little jet lagged, needed some more sleep, was just kind of wrung out. And then I didn't eat, which is like not good. And, and it took forever. The barbecue took forever. And finally we had steaks for Mother's Day and shrimp and all of that. We had all the wonderful things for Mother's Day. It was great. Except it didn't happen until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, too late. So by the time that's happening, I was hangry, as my wife said. And you're like, let's eat. What's wrong with that serving the food? Where's the forks? You know what I mean? Just kind of losing your mind. I don't think I was that bad. I hope if I did, I repent. Okay, but you did look at me like, daggers, you know. <laughs> and I just thank God that my two kids who had to come to church at five for worship practice, I was so grateful that I didn't have to be here at five o'clock today. And I'm just telling you. And I thought to myself, man, I don't think I want to go to church tonight. And Daniel looks at me and says, yeah, you'd go anyway. If you did. Yeah, why would he say that? Because that's what we do. And it has nothing to do with being a pastor. That's what we did. That's what we did 
all the, all the while being raised up and didn't even know it would be standing in some pulpit somewhere. Didn't, didn't know any of that. We just did it because we love God. And we, if we were tired, you're just like, man, I'm getting up and I'm going to go worship God. I mean, it's only an hour and a half unless Pastor Kirsten's preaching, then it's two or three hours. Uh, lighten up, Francis. Come on. It's only, I mean, how much time actually is it? He doesn't preach long. It's really short. Anyway, how much, is that better? It's deep and profound. Whatever distance in time it is. The point is, did I rescue myself? Jesus. Unless I'm preaching, then it's long. This is going to be a shorter service, but I don't know what happened. I mean, what are you going to do at home? No, just think about it. You're going to watch TV? You know you are. You're going to watch TV? You're going to play Xbox. You're going to play Fortnite. Okay, some of you will read and grow in the knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but most people, when they stay home, end up just watching TV. Okay, there are times. There are exceptions. You're exhausted. You need rest. I understand that. I had somebody say, well, I can't make it to church. I'm working so hard. What? What? What kind of brain damaged thing is that to say? If you're being offended right now, Pastor Karen's phone number is 907-841. You can see Lori for, Minister Lori for counseling. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we have two services Sunday morning, one Sunday night and one Wednesday. Right? And, and, and literally, there's something every night of the week. Amen. I remember talking to somebody who said, well, I, I, I can't come to church because I work on Sunday morning. I said, awesome. You can come Sunday night. We've got a, they, they're like, what? And I work Sunday night too. I said, well, what about Wednesday night? And they go, you know, I don't work Wednesday. Well, you could make it Wednesday night. You see, the reason we have all those, those times is because people work and they do stuff. But listen, you should make time to go to church. And sometimes it's, it feels like a sacrifice. Sometimes it does. Do your kids see you sacrificing, do they? If we're going to release strength, which is really the word of the Lord from Dr. Morocco over KC Worldwide, strength. It's a year of releasing strength. If we're going to see strength in the next generation, brothers and sisters, mom and dads, aunts and uncles, Bubba, you too, are going to need to learn to sacrifice. And so for me, right after I ate my lunch, I'm thinking, I don't really want to go to church, but I'm the preacher. <laughs> but I felt different after I took a quick power nap. Amen. And I felt like, woo, we're going to talk about strength of the next generation. Faith is expressed through sacrifice. Teach your children the scriptures. i got to hurry. 2 Timothy 3. But you must continue in the things, verse 14, 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures and were able to make you, that were able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What a text. Leave it up. Come on, look at this. And from infancy you have Known the holy scriptures. Well, how is that? Did a little bird come and teach the holy scriptures? It was God-fearing, sacrificing parents that did it. Right, get your kid off the device, put the fortnight up, and teach them the word of God. And it's an ongoing cycle of learning and growing. Teach them to memorize the word. 
which are able to make you wise. Come on, some of your kids are not wise, maybe, because you didn't teach them the word of God, but it's not too late. And if it isn't, then just pray if they're out of your house already. But if they're in your house, teach them the word. Memorize scripture. Learn the word of God. Strengthen the next generation. How? Teach them the word. I'm so concerned about these things. It's like a little portable cesspool or sewer pipe. I remember, I remember thinking, oh, you know, somebody said to me, it was Pastor Josh's kids. I was out at dinner with them. It was probably a year ago, and their very intelligent, very articulate daughter, who's 10, is arguing the case of having a phone. One of these smartphones. I need it for studying. I need it to make phone calls when I need to be picked up. I mean, I'm sitting there at dinner and she's making the case and like really good case too. And my friends have them. I said, and I just interrupted. I said, you know, I'm uncle. I've known you before you were born. I've known you, Joshy, since you were 15. So I said, can I just chime in here? You don't need a phone, sweetheart. But flip phone work though. Okay, maybe you need a flip phone so that when you're, you know, maybe there's, you know, you can call 911. If you see an emergency, you can call mom and dad flip phone, but you don't need one of these. She just is like. She gave me a look at those big blue eyes of hers. It just kind of looked down her nose like, are you serious right now? You're totally messing. And I said, oh, am I messing up your plan? And I just said, I said to Pastor Josh and Pastor Shannon, I said, don't do it. She don't need a phone for quite a long time. So just, she don't need it. And she's just like, really? I was like, yeah. She goes, it's my birthday. It doesn't matter. You can have a flip phone. Flip phones work great. Why? Because unknowingly, the enemy can begin to sow things through phones and cause kids to be so addicted and messed up. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm concerned in the Holy Ghost. It had started this morning. It continues tonight. I'm concerned. You're in church. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kids, but I'm going to point out some problems and some folks that have gone through here and had tremendous destruction in their families. I just wish they had listened because I tried to warn them. And now, now they have kids that are far from God, don't care, and may the Lord bring them back and intervene. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect or anything, for certain. But I'm telling you, if you don't know what's on your kids' phones, then, then, then you are also moronic. You have to know what's on their phones. You gotta know. You don't know. You gotta know who their friends are. You, you gotta know whose house they're staying at. Man, I'm on a nerve right now, but I'm gonna just keep stomping on it for just a second. My kids didn't have sleepovers. Can we sleep? Nope. Can we sleep? They didn't sleep over. No. Why? Because I've studied, known too much, been serving the Lord too long, done too much counseling, and seen how molestation happens, usually with people that are closest to your family. And you got to teach them. you got to teach kids. It's not okay to be touched here. you got to have that conversation with them. Oh, I'm, I'm rambling on. But I'm trying to help you. Teach your kids the scriptures and teach them how to live holy. Model it and teach it to them. And then uh, as I'm just winding this uh, down uh, or up, 
honor your own parents so your kids will honor you. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to, you know, hate your own parents and then expect your kids are going to love you later? That ain't happening. You got to honor mom and dad. Amen. And for, for, for many, that honoring is forgiving them for what they did to you. <laughs> That's a good start. How, how well are you honoring your parents? Come on, let's pass on strength to the next generation. You pray for them. Amen. Pray for your kids. Be affectionate. Can I, can I have my daughter instead? Okay, Hannah, would you take the keys, please? Welcome home, Hannah. Be affectionate with your kids. Express affection to them. Pray for them. Model what it is to, to be a person of faith. Did you guys get something? I kind of rattled a little bit, but I, I, hope it, I hope it encouraged you. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. You know, read, read parenting books. Get, get, get with people that have, that, have, that have done it. There's some amazing, amazing families and people that have raised godly children. You know, uh, Wally and Lauren, I, we esteem you. You're a great man, a great woman of God. You've pastored for years. You've traveled. You love the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you the thing that moves me more than anything about you. It's your kids love God and they serve God. All of them do. That, that's a statement. I don't know that, that many were raised right and the kids rejected the Lord later, but, but come on, stand on that scripture to raise a child up in the way he should go when he's old and he'll not depart from it. Then you just believe that God's going to bring him back. But I'm, I'm, I'm not impressed so much about money or finances or anointing. I am impressed by a healthy marriage. How many years now? 50 years this summer. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. 50 years. Yeah. That, that's impressive. Staying close to Jesus. Being undefended. Serving God. Overcoming cancer. Overcoming losing three houses that got burned. Still love three? Two. Three? Three got burned to the ground. God supernaturally coming through over and over and over and over and over again and over again. Loving God, serving God, kids loving God, serving God, turning the other cheek, even when pastors backstabbed you, even when things were said about you, overcoming, overcoming, overcoming. That releases strength to me. I'm so glad God brought you here. No, really. I know I'm picking on you a little bit, but this is an amazing couple. And there's other amazing couples too. But when Brother Wally comes alongside me and he says, man, that was a good message. Well, you just keep it up, Pastor. Ah, you're on fire today. Hallelujah, praise God. It just releases something to me. I'm a younger man, much younger. <laughs> so he's, a, he's, a, he's a really become like another father to me. And what a joy that is. Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have people like that that can encourage you and strengthen you, that can speak into your life and tell you you got lettuce in your teeth or your pants are too tight and you should wear a t-shirt? Do you have people like that? Do you have people like that in your life that'll love you enough to say, you ugly, uh, uh, you uh, fix that, change your hair. You've got lipstick on your teeth. Do you have somebody that can talk to you about your character, somebody that can speak life into you? 
Somebody that can correct you? Who holds your shut up card? Who's got it? Who do you trust and love that loves you enough to hurt your feelings when you need them hurt? Thank God for people that will be willing to offend you so that you go don't, don't, down to the road to destruction. Teach your kids to be open and transparent. Be affectionate with them. Love on them. Pray for them. Teach them the word. Release strength to the next generation. Because if we don't, we won't even be having church 20 years from now. God is raising up a generation of Timothys among us. He's raising up a generation of, of Lois and, and Eunice. He's raising up a generation of people that will pour into their kids and pour into those around them to release strength into the next generation. you believe that? Say amen. You want to be a part of it? Say amen. Amen. Me too. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, let's pray for our families tonight. Pastor Karen, would you grab that microphone right there? Let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our kids. And, we'll, we'll, and then we'll close. I went a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, just pray over your family. Come on, begin to pray. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Right now. Lord, we are so thankful for our families today. We're so thankful for all the great things that you're doing in our lives. And God, we lift up our children to you right now. God, those who are raising children still at home right now, we ask, oh God, that you would continue to give us grace, strength, wisdom, oh God, to train them up in the way that they should go. Lord, knowing that all of them have different personalities, different things that test them, different uh, bents and temptations. Father, you know the end from the beginning. God, you see, Lord, the end. Lord, and we're asking today for your wisdom. God, we ask for our children that they would have the fear of the Lord. Lord, that we would be able to teach them the fear of the Lord. God, that they would hunger and thirst for righteousness, for your name's sake. God, that they would be a people of prayer and fasting and a people that seek your face, that love you, that love your Holy Spirit, that love the house of the Lord. God, that love to serve people and have a, a, a picture, a vision of, of bigger than themselves, oh God. Lord, a, a serving in the house of the Lord and serving people. God, we ask, Lord, for a binding, and a, we bind and break off the power of the enemy. Lord, the plan and assignment of hell to, to, to waylay our children. The traps and the snares the enemy has set for them, oh God. Lord, we're asking, would you reveal evil in our lives? Would you reveal evil in our, the lives of our children? God, that you love them so much you wouldn't allow us or them to get away with anything, God. Hold us on a short leash, so to speak, oh God. Lord, that you're, we would be sensitive, sensitive to the leading of your spirit, sensitive hearts, oh God, to the convicting of your spirit. God, a longing and desire to live holy, God, in this day and age when people are just so casual and, it, and, they, and they look down their nose at people who want to live righteously and pure and have standards. God, give them grace to stand. Give them grace to stand in the midst of this crooked and depraved generation. And Lord, we lift up all those whose children, God, who parents who did their very best that they knew how to do in the Lord and whose children are not serving you right now. We call them in. We call them back. We say, come back to the Lord. We call them forth in Jesus' name. Lord, grab them by the scruff of the neck and bring them back into your kingdom. God, you know how to set up circumstances. You know, oh God, the pressure and the judgments, God, that, that need to be released to cause them to turn back to you. All the seeds 
that have been sown into their lives. Lord, let them rise up. Let them burst forth. God, bring them back. We call them back now in the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus. darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence fear Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus God has not given you a spirit of fear but a power love and sound mind we command darkness to be broken off of families tonight in the name of Jesus. You silence fear. You make the darkness tremble. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus. Lord, we speak your name over every circumstances, over families. Lord, over a spirit of divorce who would try to come. We break its hold tonight off of marriages, off of families. We call the wayward children home in the name of Jesus. Lord, on this Mother's Day, we speak the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Your name is Holy Spirit. say that I'm too young or even look at their faces. I'm releasing unto you dreams and anointing 
Holy Spirit, put a fresh touch, fresh fire over You're becoming a mighty leader. The Lord showed me some things that are taking place in the spirit as we were just worshiping. And there is a tremendous battle on uh, over you, over your child, your son, and even future children that the Lord wants to give you. There's been uh, a mixture of arrows that were fired at you, very crafted in the very bowels of hell to bring confusion. The Lord is sorting those things out. I see as you have remained faithful to the Lord and to these covenant relationships, I see shields of protection have come around you. Greater peace, greater joy is, is, is pouring into you. But I see the Lord reaching, reaching back even into your DNA, even the things that happened in a previous generation, I see God just turning it. I see God turning things, aligning things. As a chiropractor would align a spine, so the Lord, by His Spirit and through His Word, as you seek first His kingdom, is aligning things in your life. There is an assignment that's tried to destroy you and tried to destroy your marriage. But the Lord is straightening everything out. He's straightening it out. Be careful, be careful, says the Lord, of a mixture of counsel that would try to come to bring confusion. For I have given you a spirit of wisdom and the anointing upon you is real. Listen to me, the anointing upon you is not counterfeit. And I have given you my spirit the counselor there are counselors that counsel and then there's the counselor and when counselors counsel with the count that counsel of god that's when miracles are released but when counsel comes it's a mixture of the world and uh, a philosophy and vain vain ideas rudiments of the world philosophy is this here's philosophy the way i see it is who gives a flip the way you see it it's a matter of what the Lord says and what His Word is and the way that God sees it. It doesn't matter somebody's opinion. God doesn't stand over someone's opinion. God stands over His Word to see it perform. And I see the Lord standing over you. I see Him standing over you like, like the captain of the host standing over you, standing over your family. I see him standing over your marriage tonight. I'm having a vision. Abraham, I don't care what they say. Stand here. Right here. And let someone take your boy for a moment. I see the, I see the angel of the Lord, the captain of the host, like standing over you. Lift your hand, son. Standing over you. Your life and your marriage is more than just about you. It's about those that will be impacted and touched. For I've called you. I've anointed you. And the enemy has tried to destroy. Things from the past have come up to try to rob you. There's like a demonic assignment.
to try to bring confusion. And I see the angel of the Lord, the, the captain of the host, standing over you to say, no more, no more, no more. I break demonic assignments tonight in the name of Jesus. I speak back over the generational iniquity and I break it tonight by the power of the name of Jesus. Do it. Holy Ghost. And I pray discernment, wisdom, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the amazing counsel. Thank you for all that's wonderful, good, right, just, pure, and noble. That which is not, shut the mouths. And release your grace. Bless. Bless. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Let me do this. This is bold as bold as brass. You need prayer for your marriage and you know it. Get up here quickly. Come quickly. Listen, shame will get you busted. You hide stuff out in darkness and that's trouble. You need prayer for your marriage. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Not later. Now quickly. Come Holy Spirit. Do it. Holy Spirit. Come release your grace. Release your power upon these. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, do what you said you'd do. Do what you said you'd do. Do what you said you'd do. Holy Spirit, do it. Do it. Release strength. Oh, God. Holy Spirit, fire. The enemy's power is broken. You make the darkness tremble. In the name of Jesus. We curse the work and operation, even of witchcraft, in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Mother's Day. We celebrate you. Did y'all get prayer? Minister Gil, would you pray for these guys? Come on, we're family around here. Lord, thank you. Help us to be better parents. Help us to be better husbands, better wives. Help us to be faith-filled in our actions and all that we do. Lord, thank you. Bless our children. Bless the grandchildren. Let, let faith be an inheritance to every family here. In the name of Jesus. Lord, heal every broken place, every wound, every assignment, the wedge, 
that tries to come to divide and destroy families. We command you to shut your mouth and pray peace and blessing over homes. No strife. That strife, God, I break right now over homes. Help us to be servants, to serve one another, to prefer one another, to consider other needs, to be Christ-like in our attitudes, in our words, a people of prayer. Oh, day and night he prayed for Timothy. Come on, learn to pray for each other. Learn to pray for your marriages. It'll bring a protection over your home, over your family that nothing else can. Pray for the church. Pray for God to do what he wants to do in this hour of history in America. Lord, we give you praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. Won't you get right with him? Want to give Jesus your life tonight? We're going to repent of your sin. Make him your Lord and Savior. If that's you, just pray right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Come on, right out loud. To die in my place. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Praise the Lord. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, and fill, and touch, bless. Again, breaking off every tie, breaking off every chain, every entanglement, every curse, releasing your blessing upon your people. And that we, your people, would stir up the gift. Come on, if you haven't been filled with the Spirit, just a, just a moment longer in service, ask God to fill you tonight. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come fill people. Come on, you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit. Come on, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just another minute or so. Come on, pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, ask Him to fill you right now. Lift your hands, open your mouth, and let Him fill it. Holy Spirit, Roko da la voce beaka. Shini oka da la mabramabo. Yini di oka da ri di eja di oka da la londa la londa. Deja beaka deja deja dolo madoyo beaka da la mahara la moho. Holy Spirit, fill. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift, God within us. Lord, we stir up the gift. Oh, come on. Stir it up! Stir it up! Stir it up! I will be anointed with fresh oil, the psalmist said. Stir it up! Holy God! Holy Spirit! Oh! 
might pass it on to a generation. That we've released strength to the next generation. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just, just thank Him right out loud. God's got a purpose for you. Come on, come on, thank Him, thank Him. Come on, you could be in a wheelchair tonight. You could be, you could be incapacitated tonight. He spared you. Come on, He spared you. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you spared us. And I pray, God, for those that are struggling, those that are suffering, God, that you'd raise them up even out of wheelchairs. If you release your grace and your power in this hour of history, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.